Welcome back, church. We are so grateful to have you here for the Post Sermon Reflections podcast. I am here with a guest that I um, am so encouraged by, a brother in Christ, um, someone who I've had the luxury of working for, which I can't say that about too many of our guests. Um, he is the treasurer of our church and someone who's really passionate, passionate about stewarding God's money his way. And so welcome, Lee Giobi. Say hi, Lee. Hello. Oh, we're so grateful to have you here. And so we're going to hop into our conversation. This is the last episode of our Word to the Wise, and this one is on God's money and stewardship. Why does stewarding money God's way help us grow in wisdom? Well, what I would say is uh, it's a real honor to be here. Uh, I believe that any time that we seek to honor God and how we live, whether that be with our relationships, our time, or our money, God honors that. As it relates specifically to money, Scripture is pretty clear that God owns everything. Mm. And as we seek to steward God's money in ways that bring him glory, it will naturally lead us to, one, ask God for wisdom. If we think about James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to them. And two, to study God's word to see what it has to say about money. Mm. That's so good. It's like Lee was born to be on the podcast. That is what we are excited about. And so we're going to hop right in with our first question. Why do you grow in wisdom when you steward money God's way? So uh, much of what I had, had, had said is just that as we seek to do that, it really is about honoring the Lord because it's all His. Yeah. And so as we, as we seek to understand and believe and know that it's His and not ours, then we're going to seek to understand God's instructions about handling His wealth. Yeah. And even thinking of like when it talks about wisdom being about fearing the Lord, we understand ourselves positionally when it comes to money. And so it's the beauty of position to say, actually, I own nothing. I am just the conduit of God's grace in in finances to others and to who God's caring about. I think that is so good. And so, Lee, tell us a little bit about what you have found that God says about our money. Wow. So where do I begin? Uh, let's, he doesn't talk about it a lot. Yeah, he doesn't talk only a little bit. No. So he actually says a ton about money. Uh, to be precise, there's actually 2,350 verses more or less about Whoa. money and finance. That's about 8% overall of the Bible. And just to help put that into perspective, there are roughly 500 verses in the Bible pertaining to the topics of faith and prayer, yet 2,350 verses on money and possessions. In addition, half of Jesus' parables deal with money, so it's obvious that God has a lot to say on the topic. Why is that? I believe it's because God knows that our attitude towards money is an indication of where our heart is with God. Yeah. Uh, and the question that I often get uh, most commonly is if we sum up our study in the Bible of that, it's like, what's the most important biblical principle it is concerning money and possessions? And while I alluded to it earlier, I would say it it's actually quite simple. I could say it in three words, and it's that God owns everything. Mm. When we think about everything, sometimes it can be a little nebulous for us to actually dissect what that means. And so there are three verses that come to mind. The first is on our ability. In Deuteronomy 8.18, it says, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. So ability is number one. Self is number two. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. Mm. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. That's in Romans 14, 8. 
And the third one is just in Psalm 24, 1, and it says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Everything is the Lord's. And this is just a small sample of the verses pertaining to God's ownership. Every aspect of our lives, everything we have, everything we are, everything we do belongs to God. And keep in mind that this is not simply the opinion of some pastor, profession, uh, professor, or financial expert. This is the truth revealed by the very creator of life himself. God owns everything. That is so good. I'm going to make him come off his notes a little bit because I want to talk a little bit about that. So like our ability, ourself and everything. One of the coolest things about that is it's saying the job that you have, do you make money at? That's his. Um, the person that you are and the capacities that you have, that's his. And then any fruit that comes from both of those things is also his. And so any kind of pride or ownership that we want to have is a misunderstanding of God's goodness and God's gifts. Agreed. It, it's it's uh, oftentimes as we're grappling with what this looks like, we are tempted to say, hey, uh, but I did this or I worked mm-hmm. hard in that. And if we truly get down to the fact that we don't control the basic necessities of life, <laughs> like air and food and water, things yeah. that the Lord provides for us that, that we don't even ask for on a daily basis, mm-hmm. we really come to to grapple with the fact that that everything that we have and everything we are is his, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can't, I don't pray every day that my heart would keep beating. It's an expectation. And I know that he has the power to keep it going and to take it away. Um, and that, like even that picture to say every breath in my lungs is yours. And I think as you grapple and understand that truly, we reveal, we, we see that we are in more of a role of a steward in every aspect of our lives, not just with money, because stewardship is often a term that's used most frequently as it relates to handling money. Mm-hmm. But whether we are stewarding our relationships, whether we're stewarding the relationships with our kids and our spouse, even our friendships, I think it's important to recognize that it's all his and that we are simply acting as temporary managers, which is what the word steward actually means. And if we truly believe that, we'll approach things differently than if it's our time, our money, our relationships to use in a God-honoring way or at times a non-God-honoring way. Yeah, it takes away the the pie chart mindset of like, this is what I get of him and he gets this part of me. It's like, yep. well, he owns the pie and he owns the capacity to have the pie and he owns the ability to eat the pie exactly. <laughs> and to make the pie. Um, that is so good. And so sometimes when we talk about money, it's a little nebulous in that people are like, okay, so what does God really want me to do with my money? I know he owns everything, but he's allowed me to be a manager. And so when you think about it, what is a first step that's practical for what it means to be obedient with God? in the conversation of our money. So I think money, just like everything else with the Lord, he is seeking our heart. Mm. It's his money. He owns everything. So when it, you know, often the question comes up about giving, he doesn't need our money. He owns it all. So he wants our heart. Uh, Thinking about what what, uh, happens in that respect, it follows really three steps. You go from knowing to believing to doing. Uh, I have seen powerful change that can occur when you go from having something drop in your mind, in your head, down to your heart. When you go from knowing to believing and really dissecting what that belief is, well, that's when something can actually occur that is just mind-boggling. And so um, do I believe? The, The first question I think is most important is, do I believe that God owns it all? If we believe that, then the next practical step is prayer. But in my opinion, that actually has two parts to it. Okay. One part of which we often overlook. The first part is prayer where we are asking the Lord to show us areas where we need to submit to him in how we handle his money. Mm. That that seems pretty intuitive. 
that's maybe the easier half. The second half, the more difficult part of it, of that process, is that we then need to spend intentional and consistent time listening for God's answer to that prayer. Yeah. And in my own personal experience, when I am not spending that time, it sometimes is because I don't want to hear what the Lord has to say. <laughs> I am um, not interested in your thoughts on this it's, topic, it's Lord. exactly right. And so what I have seen practically from the outside in my role as a financial advisor is that when people truly grasp that belief that God owns everything, the first step that I have seen, again, this is not a prescription. This is not what you should do. Mm -hmm. The prescription is to pray and ask the Lord for the step. But what I have seen is that people often begin to give more consistently and more regularly and more intentionally because that's a tangible representation that what I have is not mine. It's the Lord's. Yeah. Yeah. It's a loosening of the grip. Um, and can you give me some testimonies of seeing people loosen their grip when it comes to um, God asking and saying, hey, I want you to be obedient in giving freely, joyfully, and generously. So uh, the, the interesting thing is that even though the Bible talks so much about this topic, it's not as clear-cut a prescription as yeah. many people would like. And I actually think that's intentional because even myself, what I like to know is what the prescription is. What are the steps so that I can check the box? Tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. And frankly, even something of the Lord that's prescription-based, I have found that I have a tendency to make it mine, and then it's no longer the Lord's, and then I just make it worse. Yeah. So going through giving, I just want to be exceptionally clear. People have this conversation routinely about, oh, should I tithe or should I not? And a tithe is, by definition, a tenth of our income. Well, there were actually three tithes in the Old Testament. Three specific tithes, two that were yearly and one that was every three years. So if you were to do that math, that's about 23 and a half percent, 23 and a third percent to be precise of what they gave towards different things in the Old Testament. So the idea of simply just tithing 10 percent, well, we're not actually checking the box because it's not a prescription from the Lord. Mm. And that's intentional because he wants our heart. I think it's a very clear indicator if we're not giving anything or if we're giving begrudgingly that our heart may not be in the right place in terms of understanding whose it is. So I have seen some powerful examples. I've experienced it personally when we say, Lord, I'm going to honor you in this and it's going to be a consistent number. It's going to be regular and it's going to be of my first fruits because I want to demonstrate and show you, Lord, that I trust you even though mm. it may not be as much left over as I think using my math. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think the the beautiful thing, I don't remember if Francis Chan that said like, just be open to a number that's different than, and just, you know, it might be more. <laughs> and so like the, yep. the openness to say, God, what of my, what of what I'm quote unquote making do you want me to give to you? joyfully and sacrificially because where my treasure is there my heart is also amen if i looked if you looked at what i spent money on you'd say you could clearly see where my affections lie in chick-fil-a they mainly rely on <laughs> god's chicken understood yeah, amen but um and i think that is like really beautiful of someone who i'm early on in my career and um i don't have bajillions of dollars obviously but i i have recognized that as you make more money because there were seasons where i made very very little money and seasons where i made slightly more money that god so graciously says like i want your heart to be mine in all seasons of income 
And I want you to be yep. generous in your poverty and generous in your wealth. Correct. And um, I, and I and I, my experience has been is that it's less about the number and yeah. more about the heart posture, as it is with so many things in Scripture. The Lord desires obedience. He's not desiring an amount or yeah. a prescription. Yeah. Um, I have to tell the story because Lee is um, so gracious. So Lee takes his team to see sight and sound. And I, when I worked for him, he, I was not able to go on the trip. He tried, he tried to change my flight. So I'd go on the trip. It was very sweet of him, <laughs> Yes. but, um, he gave me two vouchers to go see David and I bought another ticket to take my parents. And I think of this conversation and David is singing this song and it's, it's, I am after your heart and it's David's posture towards God. Amen. And I see, I see this conversation being just a beautiful segue that our, our giving gets to be an expression of how much we want to know God's heart because he's been so abundantly generous. Yes. And in our generosity, we get to mirror our creator who's given everything, who gave his son, who gave the most costly thing for our behalf to ransom us, to pay our debt. So imagine how liberating it would feel to have someone pay off all of your debt for you. And he did that in our our situation. He paid off our sin debt, which we never could have gotten out of. You think of like, the United States debt, it's much higher than that. And growing. And, gr- and growing. And so that's just a beautiful picture to me of just God's generosity and that we get to partner with him in his heart. And I think there's a, a practical benefit that that the Lord doesn't need to give us in that because he's going to accomplish what he wants to see happen, what's in his will, with or without our help. Mm. And so when we actually are seeking to honor him, I believe that he shows us a small glimpse of what's actually being accomplished by us seeking to honor him using his money when he doesn't actually need to do any of that. I think it's just a joyful generosity moment that we get to see lived out. Yeah. Yeah. And we had the, I had the joy of having Jill on last week talking about prayer. And one of the beautiful things is that in everything that we do, whether that's memorizing scripture, that's reading our Bibles, whether that's a consistent life of prayer or whether it is stewarding God's finances, it is all about God's desire for relationship. Amen. In that, like the conversation of where your treasure is, there your heart may be also. The reason he cares about how we think about our treasure is because it's in the midst of that we're going to seek him. And it's in the midst that we may not seek him. We may try to find our security in what we do or how much retirement we have or how, how we can build the biggest house and make sure that the government can't take our things or whatever. Whatever we're going to do, we're going to build ourselves walls to protect against something we have no control over. And that's a scary place to be, to say, hey, you can't put breath in your lungs. That's exactly right. And the idea that that this is a heart posture that we need to be mindful of, regardless of what we make. Mm. Because I have seen working with a broad array of levels of success with clients is that there is a heart posture that doesn't change. So if when regardless you're, when, of what tax bracket regardless you're in. of what tax bracket you're in, if you're <laughs> making five thousand dollars a year, if you're making five million dollars a year, yeah. there's no there's this idea that I will become more generous when I have more is just flat out false. It's absolutely not it's true. just a lie from the pit of hell. It really is because it's a heart posture, and I find that you need to have the proper heart posture because. Who wants to, to, to bless someone that is actually going to hoard and have everything be about themselves? Mm-hmm. And That's so, good. yeah. Yeah. And that feels like, that feels like to me a real encouragement to young people who would say like, I'm working my first big girl job. And they're like, hey, set percentages now at your first job. I remember I set percentages and I called two of my buddies and said, hey, this is what I'm given this year. Like this is, I want you to know 
I want you to look. Yep. At, I want you to look at my money that I spend this year because this is where it says my heart is. I need people with the wisdom who love me and who are going to call me to something higher to say, "Hey, like you spent a lot in this area. Like, did is this what God wanted this year? You spent this much in fast food. Do you need to do that next year? Where you spent this much?" And so, I'm coming up on my my yearly my yearly uh, conversation, which is exciting. But thinking of like, man, I want I want everything to honor Him. If I don't just want I don't, I don't want to live with secrecy. And money to me is an area that like we feel so weird and so shameful about. Agreed. But like if it's the posture of my heart, if it's the status of my heart, then man, Lord, teach me how to be open and honest. And I think, I think oftentimes having some level of transparency and accountability is wise in those areas where we are tempted to be a little bit more close to the vest. Yeah. So I think that that process alone, how you're, pursuing that accountability is honoring to the Lord because it shows that we are not the Lord of our lives, it, that, that all of this money is not ours. Now, and it also doesn't mean that we can't go and enjoy it. The Lord has given us everything yeah. for our benefit. Mm. Um, it, whether that means we're going to Chick-fil-A or some, you know, non-God chicken place, you know, but, <laughs> Amen. but understanding that, that our heart posture is what ultimately matters. Yeah. And that there is like beautiful freedom in Christ and to say like, there is things that he made me to enjoy. Um, and so, all right, last question. We've, we've teetered around this conversation, but just to bring it home, what changes in our hearts when we're obedient to God with our money? Well, in short, when we are truly seeking to be obedient to God with our money, I have seen, I have personally and professionally experienced that there is a peace that we have that is impossible to achieve on our own. Mm. Um, I, imagine being completely at ease, even in difficult situations when you cannot see how the Lord is going to provide. I just want to remind everyone that God's math is different than our math. God provides in ways that we can't even comprehend. I mean, just think about how he took a couple of tuna fish sandwiches and fed over 5,000 men. Mm. We just, we can't fathom how the Lord provides. And the story that I routinely hear from people, when they begin that, uh, when they pray and then they seek to honor the Lord by regular giving, tithing or otherwise, is that things just happen to go further than they ever could have imagined. Mm. And they don't know how to explain it. They yeah, literally can't put it on paper and say, wow. Um, not we're buying everything we ever wanted, but it's, wow, this is actually happening. And what I thought wasn't going to be enough became more than enough. Amen. month in month out. And so when, when we actually are honoring the Lord, I believe he sees that, especially in those difficult circumstances. And he honors that because it's all his. Yeah. So that, that's, that's really the, the, the point. Um, I know we've, we, you know, I shared a couple of scripture. I do think it's important to study the details of scripture. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible is not fortune cookie wisdom. Yes, and I, I think sometimes as it relates to financial topics, it can be a little too easy to just pull out, you know, something surface level. So I would absolutely encourage people to find that person, that accountability partner, or even just somebody else in the church that they feel comfortable saying, Hey, let's dive in and study some of these topics together. Mm, that's so good. Yeah. I, I remember a conversation that my grandmother had with my mom, like getting to hear this conversation secondhand where they were talking about money and my grandmother said, would you tithe if you didn't have enough money for diapers? This is when they had little kids. Ooh. And my mom said, there's never a time that I've tithed that I've not had enough money for diapers. Amen. <laughs> and so like Amen. the beauty of like, I, my, my dad's an incredibly generous man. He's taught me um, a heart of generosity. And I'm like very grateful for that. Very grateful to see someone who understood that money is a spiritual thing. Um, and, yes. and that God works in it in, 
and we give we give first. Um, we give first to him. And I remember that conversation's always stuck in my head of like, Lord, you will always, you will always teach me how to give and you will always show me how you give. Yes. Um, and that doesn't mean that I get a Rolls Royce, um, but it means that like I'm taken care of in the way that God desires me to be taken care of in that season. Amen. Amen. And there's just, there's beauty in that. And so Lee, I would love if you would close us in prayer, just praying um, that God would um, change hearts and minds towards him. My pleasure. Heavenly Father, Lord, Thank you for the opportunity to come and just share and chat with Ruth about a topic that uh, you know is uh, near and dear to my heart. Uh, Lord, we all want to just acknowledge, take a moment and reiterate that, that uh, all of this is yours, uh, not just what's in our bank account, but, but you own everything. And uh, Lord, uh, we can't claim in, in, in honesty that, that, that we have done anything outside of what you have provided. Um, we are simply stewards of your, of your resources. Lord, I, I pray for everybody that's listening to this, uh, for both of us at the table, that, that you would give us wisdom, that you would give us your wisdom in how to steward your resources in a way that, that honors you. Lord, we seek to glorify you, uh, to honor you with everything that we do, especially as it relates to money. So I pray that you would give us wisdom in how to do that well. I pray that you would give us uh, not a spirit of timidity, but as we're having conversations with people, um, we would feel comfortable being vulnerable to share what we have learned and maybe even some of the hard lessons that we've learned with other people uh, as we seek to just grow uh, together as a community. Lord, thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, Lee, always a joy. And if you are in our church context and have questions about money or have questions about generosity, I would encourage you to talk to Lee. Um, I have been profoundly impacted by his wisdom and his advice. Um, and we just pray that you are blessed. And if there is someone that you feel convicted to share this with, please do. It's an encouragement to us Absolutely. every time we get to encourage. So have a wonderful day.